Welcome to the Kidmen Huddle, part of the Kids Matter Podcast Network. Gather round, Kidmen leaders, and be encouraged and equipped as you build the kingdom. Now here's your host, Amber Pike. Welcome back to the Kidmen Huddle. It's the week after Megacon. If you attended the conference last week, you had five amazing days of content. And if you're a note taker like I am, you've probably got pages and pages full of notes, ideas, and takeaways. And Megacon wasn't actually the only conference happening this month or that week. I saw on the I Love Kidman Facebook group, there were several conferences happening right after Megacon Friday and Saturday. On Saturday, I caught up on laundry and baked cookies. But then this week, I was attending the Etch Family Ministry Conference. It's through Lifeway. It was completely online. So there's been a lot of conferences going on. So whether you attended one conference or if you had maybe back-to-back conferences, the question is, now what? What do you do with those pages and pages of notes and ideas? How do you pick what to do? Because every session and speaker, they're bringing you solid content. They're giving you practical ideas, many of which are field-tested, and they all sound good. But now what? How do you know what to start? Where to go in your ministry? Now what? So we're going to take it back off the page to an article in last year's Megacon issue of Kids Matter magazine. This is issue 66. I'm sure all of you were subscribers, and you still have all your old copies laying around, so go grab it. It's the post-conference reflection article by Brittany Nelson from Deeper Kidman. This article, she talks that part of your conference plan should be setting aside a time to reflect on what you just learned. And this is so true, I think, for digital conferences. There's a lot of distractions if you're doing a digital conference, I think. Sometimes it's kind of hard to sit in front of your computer screen for four hours and hope that no one calls you, no pressing issues come. Uh, If you have a toddler like I do, four hours of uninterrupted time is just not happening. (laughs) Brittany goes on, she talks about the information overload that you've just received. You've had three or five days of just excellent content. Your brain sometimes is just, it's overloaded with all of these ideas and just things. And you need to take time to reflect before you get home. And as you reflect, hopefully, you'll realize that you can't start doing all of this. You've got pages of notes and you can't do it all or nothing will get done. So pick one or two changes to make. Don't start every idea right away. But after spending time in prayer and listening to the Spirit's leading, pick one or two things that you want to do right now. And then you need to create some action steps. And you're keeping in mind your ministry goals that you've set. Brittany wrote this back when we lived in a world of where we could have conferences and be around other people. So she says that this intentional reflection and planning time needs to happen before you go home, whether or not you are by yourself attending the conference or if you're part of a team. Well, most of us, we are attending a conference at home. Maybe you work a job where you can go and 
listen to a conference at your work and you shut your door and that minimizes distractions and you can carve out that alone time. But a lot of us are home. And I think that it's even more crucial to take time to reflect when you're attending a conference digitally. For me, not going to lie, Megacon was kind of hard. I didn't get to devote my whole attention to the conference because kids, especially toddler, there were distractions. There was school. There was endless amounts of snacks and popsicles needed for children. And because I was teaching, the evenings I was preparing, I was working on PowerPoints and going over my lesson again and just making sure I was ready to teach. So for the first three days of the conference, my kids didn't get a lot of focused mommy time. And by Thursday, my toddler, she was getting frustrated and she's going, no, play with me because they didn't have full mommy time. So I didn't get to give full mommy time to my kids or full attention to the conference. I was trying to split it between the two. And I definitely had to spend some time on uh, Friday and Saturday just giving my kids my full attention. But I was able to watch parts of the conference and get some really big takeaways, even just from the small sections that I could really focus on. And I need to reflect on them before I put that notebook away. Right now, it's still sitting on the kitchen table, but before it gets put away, before it gets buried under my endless amounts of lists and papers, I need to take time to reflect because this post-conference reflection is huge. It's a crucial step. Otherwise, you just spent days at a conference for nothing because when you put that notebook away, when you put those ideas away, if you've not intentionally sat down and planned out What next? You won't do anything next. And then when the next year rolls around, you're going to be like, oh yeah, this was a good idea last year. By the way, if you weren't subscribing to Kids Matter Magazine last year and you want to take a look at this article, Brittany actually has this information in a post on her website at Deeper Kidman. We'll put the link in the show notes, but you can go there and look at the same content, just her tips for a post-conference reflection time. So as you take this time, setting aside intentional time, no distractions, maybe you're going to go to a coffee shop for an hour, maybe you're going to go into your office and close the door, maybe you're going to get up at five or stay up late where there's no kids, no work to be done, just reflecting, spending time in prayer. How do you know what to do next? Let's huddle up and dive in. At Megacon 2018, Yancey debuted her Heartbeat Curriculum series. Now, my kids and I, like everyone else, we love us some Yancey music. So I was all for this. But Megacon comes around in October. And for me, that's about the end of my budget. By October, I'm usually running pretty low in budget, especially factoring in what I know I'm going to spend on our fall festival activity. So maybe conferences should not be at the end of the budget year. Hmm. But as she starts speaking more and more about the heart behind this series, the heartbeat of it, I just felt more and more strongly like I needed to get this resource. 
not just for the awesome new music. I started feeling so strongly that I needed to take this curriculum home that I had decided that if when I got home and calculated my receipts based on what I still have left in my budget, if I was out, I was going to pay for this with my own personal money. God was laying it on my heart that my kids needed to learn how to worship. But it wasn't just that. As I got home and I went through the conference goodies, do you guys love doing that? I love the first day of a conference when you're sitting on that hotel bed and you go through your goodie bag and you look at everything you've already bought. That's the best. But I'm going through the goodies, looking at everything I bought, and God starts laying on my heart and continues for the next few months that our teens needed to hear this message too. Now, I'm over the nursery, the kids, and the teens, so I got them all. And I made a plan. I asked for special permission to have our teens attend Children's Church for four months. I took to my pastor a written plan of why the teens need to be part of this, what we're going to do, the content we're going to do. It took some convincing, but I got permission. And for four months, the teens joined the Kids in Children's Church learning about worship. It was amazing. We used the Heartbeat curriculum, plus I added in some other things. We wanted to show the kids and teens some different ways to worship, make it really practical for them. For instance, we have some very artistic little girls. Like, they can draw amazing pictures at, like, I think seven or eight. I started seeing her pictures, and they're amazing. So I really felt like some of my girls would really resonate with Bible journaling. So one of our lessons was on worship through journaling. Now, we did not use anything that Amber had drawn, because Amber cannot draw, But we gave them some cool resources and showed them just different ways that they can worship. And honestly, this series, it's one of the best things I could have done for our ministry. It's like God knew that this needed to happen. And we saw several things come about as a result of it. One, obviously, you know, the goal was that our kids would learn how and why to worship. And we saw that happen. But then we had all of these bonus benefits that I didn't predict, but of course God knew. We saw that our teens were sitting through a sermon better after this worship series. They had bad habits of not knowing how to worship and learn in a sermon. And so they would get up and go to the bathroom, some of them three times in a sermon. But after this series, we didn't see that so much. I would actually catch them grabbing the kids' clipboards that have the sermon note page, and they would be taking notes with the kids' clipboards. They were learning how to worship, how to sit through a sermon, how to learn. We also saw the relationship growing between the kids and the teens because they were together and they were hanging out. Now, we separated them some for this series, too, but they got to form bonds And we wouldn't have seen that otherwise. If you heard any of my talks at Megacon or you've watched me speak at Kidman Nation, I've talked on this, the importance of kids and teens knowing each other. Because think about it, when you are getting ready to move up into youth group at fifth, sixth grade, it's kind of overwhelming and a little bit scary, especially if you don't know anyone. I mean, these teenagers, they're older, they're cooler. But if you had a relationship with the teens and they knew you already, 
that would make things a lot less scary if you're already friends. So we saw this just beautiful friendships forming. And then lastly, I was able to form relationships with teens that I didn't have before. Some of the kids in the youth group, they had come through the children's ministry, so they were my babies. I knew them. I loved them. But some of these teens were kind of new to me. I didn't have them in children's church, and I didn't really have a relationship with them. But because I was now teaching them, it opened up that relationship, and that was a really nice benefit because your teens need to know you as well. And for me, especially since I'm in charge of them, technically. So this series, this worship series, this four months, became just an awesome time of growth for our kids and teens. Now, if you came to our church, you would not see our kids worshiping with their hands raised and their eyes closed, just singing out their praises to God. We're not there yet, but they learned how they can worship God, why they should worship God. They learned that there are different ways to worship. My son, for instance, he hates to sing. Now, he actually can sing. He's got a good little voice, but he does not like to sing. He loves God. He loves music. He hates to sing. So, we were showing kids like him that, hey, you don't just have to sing to worship. There are other ways we can worship God. Now, his mommy is kind of mean, and I do make him sing sometimes. He hates, we have a music camp we've done a couple years, and he hates doing it, but mommy makes him go. And I tell him that, well, God likes us to sing. That's a way we can praise God. So, even if you don't love it, you can do it. But this past Sunday... He was standing beside me behind, behind his little mask, and on his own, I heard him sing. He doesn't sing the songs on Sundays. He stands there. He sways to the music. I don't push it. But this past Sunday, I heard him singing the chorus, and I about melted. He doesn't worship that way, and I, I don't force him because there are different ways that we can worship. Now, I wouldn't have seen this growth, not just in our kids, but in our whole ministry, if I hadn't been listening. There are so many amazing ideas and products and directions that you could take your ministry, especially if you have been to a conference. But they're not all right for your ministry. So as you're planning what's next, what steps you need to take next, there's a few things that you need to do. Firstly, you need to be spirit-sensitive. Esther talked about this at her Megacon main stage a bit, and I love that phrasing, spirit-sensitive. Are you listening to the Lord? Are you asking yourself, what is He laying on my heart? Where is God leading me? Because He has the absolute best plan for your ministry. He knows the heart of your kids. He knows what they need. He knows more than you do because He is sovereign He is in control, and He knows all. So He knew in 2018, when He's telling me to teach my kids about worship, He knew that teaching my kids about worship wasn't the only thing that needed to happen with this series. Be Spirit-sensitive. It's not your plan for your ministry. That's not going to be the most effective. Listen to the Lord and ask Him what His plan for your ministry is. 
because all of these awesome ideas and things that you've heard and you want to implement right now because a Kidman leader is telling you this is it, and it might be it, and it might be awesome, but it might not be right for you. And it might be. So what is God telling you? Where is He leading you? And you need to check with your vision and goals. Does this new product or idea or direction, does it line up with the visions and goals that you've already set for your ministry? Because hopefully, you have a written vision and goal for your ministry. This is where you want your kids to be and how you're going to get them there. And hopefully, that was also spirit-led. You didn't make the plan. You let God lead you to the plan. So this new idea, this new thing that you're wanting to do, it should be lining up with your vision and goals. It should be helping you to accomplish your vision and goals. And if not, maybe now isn't the right time to start it. Maybe it's not the time yet. When God was laying in my heart to teach the kids about worship, this was in October. And it was February before things were in place for us to actually implement this. So it might still be a good idea, but it might not be the right timing yet. But make sure it's lining up with your vision and your vision. Make sure it's lining up with your vision and goals. And then lastly, is there some confirmation? Just like in the Bible, I feel that when God has something to tell you, you get it over and over, and over. Or maybe I just don't listen well. I'm working on that. But it comes up over, and over, and over. A lot of times when he starts laying something on my heart for the kids and the teens, he's a lot of times he's doing the exact same thing with my youth leader. Now, my youth leader and I are very opposite But we work so well together. Where I am strong, she is weak. Where I am weak, she is strong. We are a really great balance. And it's so amazing that he'll lay something on my heart at the same time he's laying it on her heart. So we have that confirmation that, yeah, this is where we need to be going. And he does that with other things too. Right now, he's really just been telling me, Listen, we heard several speakers talk about this um, from the main stage at Megacon. He's been telling me this personally. I talked about it in my classes to listen. This is a struggle for me. I tend to talk at him and tell him my plans, or I tell him our plans, and I think he just laughs at me because my plans are not the best plans. And I'm really, I'm truly working on trying to listen to him first, to not tell him what we're doing, but to ask him what he wants me to do. And so over and over, he keeps just bringing this up to me. And to me, that's a confirmation. He keeps laying it on my heart more than once. So are leaders in your ministries also feeling the same direction that you're feeling? Is there a confirmation lining up with your vision and goals? That's a confirmation. 
but be spirit-sensitive. Listen to the Lord. Spend time in prayer listening to Him, not talking at Him. And ask Him where to go, where to lead your ministry. Right now, my kids are doing the Teach Us to Pray series from High Voltage Kids. And this is another really cool confirmation. On Saturday night, my son, it was so sweet, he couldn't wait to get to church because he wanted to learn the next part of the Lord's Prayer. So I was super excited about that. But it takes it and it breaks it down phrase by phrase. So this week we were on the Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And it was just another confirmation, another, ah, I get it, God. Because the whole lesson for the kids, and I was learning, was focusing on it's not my will be done. It's your will be done. God reinforcing in my life again the need to listen, to talk at Him less and listen to Him more. Over and over, God's telling me to listen. So are you listening, Kidman friends? Are you asking God where He wants you to lead your ministry, or are you making your plans and telling Him about them? Are you seeking the Lord's will for your life? Are you spending time in Scripture, in prayer? Are you being sensitive to His leading for your ministry, for your family, for your personal life. I would love to hear just where he's leading you. What's he been laying on your heart? Let's start a conversation this week on Facebook. I would love for you guys to chime in and let me know where's he leading you. He's telling me to listen more. And maybe he's going to tell me the next thing after that once he gets me paying attention. But God wants us to listen. He wants to lead he has the very best plans for our life. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God's plans are the absolute best plans for our life and our ministry. But we have to listen first. And remember, kid men leaders, what you do matters. Matters. 